Money 105.5. Views expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station, its owners, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Welcome to the Impact Hour. I'm John. Hi, and I'm Rena. All right. It always feels like we should say Wonder Twins or something <laughs> after that. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about living intentionally. So this is all about intentionality, and we wanted to kind of set the stage for our talk today. And really, it's in the context of making an impact with your life. Uh, last week, we talked about the impact ruler, and that was kind of a way of measuring, and we were as bold to say, is a way of measuring your whole life. And this is a way definitely of measuring your impact, where at level one, that's where we're infecting somebody's mood, which is, which is on the ruler, but certainly not the highest uh, way of impacting people. And then as we go up uh, on the ruler scale, uh, number two would be affecting someone's circumstances temporarily. Number three would be affecting their circumstances permanently. And then getting even higher would be affecting a person's behavior temporarily. And then affecting a person's behavior permanently. And then at number six on the ruler, we have affecting the person. And we certainly encourage people to strive towards making an impact at a level six. And so in this context, we're not talking about increasing your intentionality around, you know, feeding the dogs or doing the <laughs> chores. <laughs> we're, we're really talking about how do you increase your, your intentionality around making your impact with your life. And in our culture, we're really not taught to do this. Uh, in our culture, we, we tend to be a little more passive and we tend to be more reactive about what's happening to us in our life. You know, when life happens to us. Uh, we're really more just like a leaf blowing in the wind. We're really at the mercy of what is going on in our life and what other people are deciding. Um, and we're really encouraging you today to live with intentional with intentionality. Um, so what I what I hear you saying is is that this is a culture that we live in. This is part of our society's norm to not live with intention and to, um, like you say, a leaf blowing in the wind, whatever comes up. And we're obviously going to dive really deep into that, but I just think that's worth calling out. If you're going to be different and living with intention, that is exactly that different. That's not going to be the norm that you see around you. Most definitely, yeah. When you start living with intentionality, you might think you're a little weird. Yeah. But we found that normal is overrated. Yes, normal is overrated. Don't shoot for normal. Don't shoot for average. We're going for exceptional. Yes. Yeah. So the first thing we want to talk about is is getting clear. Awesome. Getting clear on what's really important to you. So like John said, this is in the context of the impact that you're making. We know from his experience that when you reach the end of your life, you're going to want to know that you love people well and that your life mattered. And so when we're talking about being intentional, it's in that context. And in order to get intentional on that, you need to first decide what's really important to you. Nobody can decide this for you, which is actually a good thing. This is the exciting thing. Nobody can dictate this for you. People will try to dictate what's important to you, but it's ultimately your choice. And so we're calling you up to consider making this a high priority in your life, something that's really important. Getting clear on what's the difference you want to make in people's lives. So as part of that, getting really clear on what's important, you're going to be able to prioritize things differently than maybe you have in the past. So expect some kind of adjustments and shifts. That's normal and good. That's part of living an intentional life. So when we're really clear on what's important to us, other things become a little less important. We get to prioritize things over it, over other things. And the way that that looks, for example, is you've gotten clear on what's the difference you want to make. And there's an activity you want to attend, an event, a training, whatever it is that you want to go to, because that's right in alignment with who you are and this difference that you want to make, right? Now you've got another commitment at the same time. 
So now they're competing for each for for your time, and what's going to be most important. For example, you need to get your kid to a game, a sports game, and you know you've made a commitment and that you've signed up your kid for that. Yet you're also committed to this that you say is important. So now there's going to have to be a way to resolve that, and we're going to talk later today about um, ways of making things happen, and. For now, we'll just say that there's other ways to take care of those other commitments. For example, like you're like, oh, I really need to attend this activity. This is just so right on with who I am. And regarding getting my son to the game, I'm going to let his auntie do that and arrange that with her or another teammate's mom. And you can take turns with that teammate's mom. So it's getting clear on what you really want and making it work out and making other things work around it. That's, that's being intentional right there. So what does it look like if someone's not clear and what they want to make different? What that looks like is, gee, I really want to go to this event, but wow, I also need to get my son to the game. Well, I guess I'll get to the game and then um, see if I have time for that later. Or maybe I'll go next time. So that's where we let something else that we didn't mean to be a higher priority to become a priority. And just to be clear, I love parenting. I think it's, it's, it's a high calling in life. And I believe that the messages that we give our kids through our actions are huge. So I wanna be clear on that. And I'm not suggesting you bail on your kid. <laughs> I'm suggesting you find a way to lovingly and responsibly take care of that commitment and I'm assuming that you're committed to raising your kid well, so you might want to set aside another time to really work on that relationship and, and bless that kid, let you know that you love them, and work on, on you know your time together with them. It doesn't have to be running them to a game. So if the main thing to you is making sure that your kid feels loved and that you're there for them, there's other ways to do that other than the game that is actually in conflict with something that you've established as a high priority. You follow me? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. In addition to that, I think one of the things we've seen um, in many people is they're not clear on what's the highest priority, the highest value for them. And right. so they can't say no to anything. <clears throat> and so they say yes to just about everything. And these folks, um, oftentimes, they, they mean well, they have huge hearts, but they're just running on overload. There's no margin left in their life. They just don't know how to say no. And they haven't gotten clear on the area where they want to be the most intentional with their life. Yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of that just, just this week, attending some events and talking to some folks. And what I heard was things like, you know, my life is absolutely stuffed. I'm like, okay, cool. Is it stuffed with the things that, that you really want? And they're like, well, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's not a way to live, you know. Or, um, hey, get back to me next year. I've just really got a lot going on for the rest of the year. I'm like, cool. Is that, is that all stuff that's really important to you? Um, well, no. So I think it's a really great opportunity to kind of assess what's going on, what's in your calendar. Is that really what's important to you? Are, making, are you making time for the things that you say are important to you? Because if we're saying it is and we're not backing it up with action, then it's really not, is it? Right. Yeah. Awesome. Next, we want to look at making a decision. So first we're getting clear that we need to determine what's important. Then we need to make a decision on what we're gonna do. And making a decision requires that clarity. It's a choice. And what it is, is, is not seeing if it's gonna happen, seeing if it's gonna work out. I don't know about you, but I hear that language an awful lot. So are you gonna be coming? Oh, well, you know, I'll see. <laughs> Actually, it reminds me of our wedding video. What a strange thing to flash back on. Um, but I remember a person on uh, one of my family members on there was, you know, wishing us luck, you know, hope it works out. <laughs> 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 and, um, of course, we went into our marriage um, with the understanding that we don't, uh, we're not going to wait and see if it's going to work out. Right. We're going to make it work. That's a great example of intentionality right there. Mm-hmm. Marriages. Yes. Yeah. Boy, that could be a show topic on its own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
So, yeah, it's not about seeing, about making it happen, or seeing if it's going to happen, but choosing to make it happen. Right. Awesome. So, coming up after the break, John's going to be talking to us about setting goals. And do you want to give us a little glimpse into that? Sure. Just a quick glimpse of that. Um, some things we've noticed a lot in our culture, I've uh, actually experienced this myself, which is a fear of setting goals, being afraid to set goals for fear of not actually accomplishing them. Yeah, really common. So we'll get into the dynamic of that and what that looks like. All right, you're listening to the Impact Hour with John and Rena. Stay tuned for some awesome stuff on setting goals. You can make a difference. Join John and Rena, the hosts of the Impact Hour, Money 1055's newest show for a live event in Roseville. It's your chance to decide what your life will be all about. <laughs> Go to simplygreatlives.com and register for your spot at a um, seminar coming when you, to Roseville when you tonight. Signally, Enter make sure I make eye contact because your hand was just coming down while I looked up and I didn't quite see Sacramento, it. John and Rena yeah. are making an impact. It's your turn. Go to simplygreatlives.com. I don't know. I didn't hear Start any verbal your cues. journey I today. Money, I kind of heard something, but I couldn't quite make it out. So I'm like, oh, no, it's coming, but I don't know when. You. Learn to win success radio with your host, Steve Zapato. We'll take the boring out of business radio and bring the solutions mm. to your success. Oh, interesting. Tuesdays okay. at 2 on Money 105. So I'm shooting for 15, 30, and 45. And to get informed and get motivated. Cool. If you have been thinking of starting a new business or making a positive <clears> change <throat> in your life, stay tuned every Tuesday at 2 p.m. with your host, Steve Zapato, on Learn to Win Success Radio. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena. We are so excited to have you join us today and wanted to let you know that you are absolutely welcome to join the conversation. You can call into the studio and talk to us with any questions or comments that you have. Call in at 866 576 1055. That's 866 576 1055. And John's about to talk to us about doing some serious goal setting. Yes. So, a part of living intentionally is setting goals. And maybe we don't always achieve our goals. And part of it is a fear of failure. I know I've experienced that. I don't know if you've experienced that, Rena, but. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty common. <laughs> that seems to be pretty pervasive. And I'm not. Actually, it can be crippling. Actually, yes. can really hold a person back. It can. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm not sure what the fear is exactly. We've been talking about it the other day, and we were wondering maybe if what's going on in there is what does it mean to ourself if we say we're going to do something and then don't? Is mm -hmm. there some self-integrity where we're worried that, that we're really not going to be truthful to ourselves and that maybe we couldn't trust ourselves? Well, it could be the beating up and the self-flagellation that commences as soon as I said I was going to do something and don't. It's like, well, maybe that's enough to want to keep from going through that again. So yeah. I do lose trust in myself when I say I'll do something and I don't. Mm -hmm. Although it is possible to come from a more loving perspective and say, oh, well, that's very interesting. Why didn't I do that? Okay, great. What do I want to do different? As opposed to just completely dropping the goal-setting ball. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for some of us, it's messages we've received when we were kids. Ooh. We might hear the voices of our parents or, or some other peer about, you know, you're not a good person or what's wrong with you that you didn't do this and you said you were going to do this and you didn't. Uh, I know I could hear some bosses' voices in my heads around that. It's kind of uh, like a parent, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of felt like a kid when I had a boss. Yeah. Yeah. So when you live intentionally, it, you need to set goals. There's just no way around it. You need to have something you're working towards. And, and this is something that we've really learned a lot in these last few years ourselves is to set big goals and to really go for it and to not be afraid to set goals. Uh, we're part of a group where we set goals and share them with each other and we support each other in them. Mastermind group. Awesome. Yes. 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 Yeah, and it's, it's a lot about setting goals. And it was really neat. A few months ago, our group took a step back and I don't mind pointing out, John, that you led that, kind of assessing, well, what kind of goals are we setting here? Because I've heard this for other mastermind groups, it kind of deteriorates into stuff that's not as important. And so um, 
under your leadership and, and prompting, I appreciated that, really called us to look at, are we setting goals on things that are really important to us? Are we evaluating what's important to us? Are we having integrity and actually making the things that are important followed up with goals and actions? That was awesome. Right. And we really don't have time to get into it too much today, but we can have a whole show on how to set really good goals for your life. Uh, but part of, of getting intentional is setting goals and going for it. And just not setting goals like, I hope this happens, or, you know, I hope this works out kind of goals. They need to be like really, really good goals. And it's interesting, the word goal, because I think a lot of people do avoid that word. Uh, probably because, you know, bad experience, but it's getting really clear on, on what you want to get done, right? What you want to accomplish. Yeah. And without that, there's just going to be a lot of activity. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that drives me nuts. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell a little bit more about that. What drives you nuts, John? What drives me nuts is uh, a lot of activity with no idea in mind of what it is we're trying to accomplish it's, well we got to do something oh so, you've heard that yes you've heard that statement yes what are, why are we doing this well we need to do something yeah <laughs> so we're doing a whole lot of something but we don't even know why we're doing it committees are really great at that by the way there's something about the dynamic of a committee that just really seems to bring that out yeah 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 and in the context of making an impact with your life of living your legacy of this being your life's work that you, you really kind of live yourself in and uh, lean into contributing to the world, these goals most likely will need to be stretchy for you. What do you mean stretchy? I think that's an unusual term people so, aren't necessarily used to. Yeah, these are goals where you're not comfortable. Oh. Oh, those. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So things that are going to call you up to become a bigger version of you, more of who you are, take a risk. Um, yeah, it's definitely venturing out of what's comfortable. Right. Yeah. And one of the key things to note about this is there's not going to be anyone else there asking you to be doing this kind of, of work in your life. So there's a lot of urgent stuff in your life. Your boss is going to tell you about the project you need to work on or this task or you know, your spouse might have the honeydew list and you've got some friends who want to do this or that, but no one is going to be talking to you about these particular kinds of goals. So they're self-directed. It's part of that deciding for yourself what's important and what you're going to make a priority of other things because you can't count on other people to, to set this as a priority. Right. Yeah. They don't know what's on, on your heart or my heart. No one's going to talk to me and know that what's important to me and what I should be working on. They're not going to even know. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'm the only one who's going to know that. Right. So I need to set my own goals. Yeah. Totally internal driven. Right. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Ready to talk about jumping to solutions? Yes. I love talking about this. I'm like you, and I'm trying to avoid the, oh, my gosh, we could do a whole show on. Because <laughs> I think that's just part of having just started, is we have so much information we want to get out there, so much we want you to know. I have recognized a tendency in people, even so in myself, that's where I first recognized it, a tendency to jump to solutions. So we have a want or a need. And our mind immediately wants to fix that and comes up with a solution. And so we think that we want that solution. And then we go about doing something. But what we often don't do is get really clear on what we're trying to achieve. Okay? And the way that we see this come out in what we do with Simply Great Lives is people want to do something. For example, they're like, oh, I've never heard this before, but after we started the radio show and started telling people, there was tons of people telling me, oh, you know what? I've thought of having my own radio show. Uh, there's other people who they want to write a book or write a blog. They want to um, do a documentary. They want to start a practice. They want to do all kinds of things. And that's all great stuff. But the goal setting is kind of different in that it's we can't have a goal around doing an activity for example, running um, or eating a certain way in order to uh, release a certain amount of weight. So the goal is actually more about being at that weight. Similarly, for making an impact, you got to know what you're wanting to change, what you're wanting to make different, because 
what I found, and this is beautiful, once you get really clear on exactly what you're wanting to achieve, it opens up a whole world of options you'd never considered. Because the tendency is to jump to one solution. Well, that may or may not be the best solution to do that. It doesn't even have to be the best solution, but it's gotta be really good in actually achieving that result. However, if you've never gotten clear on the result that you want to produce, how are you ever gonna evaluate if you got there? So that's what we're talking about, about lots and lots of activity uh, with questionable results or effectiveness. Really hard to evaluate without that first getting clear on what we're wanting to make different. Yeah, it's one of the great things. Um, I guess like a good analogy about that. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about maybe we could just draw an analogy to like driving to work. So you need to drive to work. And, and you know, we all need to drive to work, but this is just an analogy. and not getting clear on the result um, would be you're you're driving towards work and the road is blocked and then you go oh well I guess I can't get there but in this case when you're clear on where you need to get to it's not about the driving it's about the actual getting there then you could pick a different route and go this way is blocked there's an accident here so I'm going to take a different route to get there rather than giving up because you thought it was just about driving kind of a weird analogy, but I think it, it helps. It's, it's nice in its simplicity because people can relate to it. So once, I would say once you're clear on the impact you want to make, you can utilize this idea, and, and it's even getting clear on the impact that you want to make. So you could um, attend a seminar with us. We offer seminars to help people do that. We have a weekend event that clearly just awesomely walks people through it. They leave absolutely clear on the difference that they want to make. It's something that they're passionate about. They're using their strengths, so it's a great fit, right? So, you know, for example, what if that that event isn't a good fit for you? What else can you do? And then you find something, you're like, okay, well, um, I'm going to work with this other person over here. Cool, awesome. And it's like, and if that doesn't work, okay, what else can you do? And so you find, you know, you can keep going until you find a solution that works. That's the commitment and that's what it looks like living with intentionality is making it work. Right. And I'm just kind of stubborn. So <laughs> and that can be a strength actually. <laughs> it actually is one of my strengths. Uh, we we encourage our clients to take the strengths finder inventory when we work with them. And I have uh, both achiever which kind of makes me kind of driven, kind of, and uh, restorative. And so I'm a problem solver. I can see what something's supposed, how awesome something's supposed to be and find a way to get it there. And what that does is it puts me into problem solving mode of how do I get this done? And, and I'm kind of like you, you know, the, the activity without a purpose behind it really irks you. Well, people who can't say they can't do something just, just drives me up the wall because I'm, I'm about making stuff happen. It's, it's a choice and, and it's a commitment and it's being intentional on how can you make that happen. And that segues right into our next topic. We can start a little bit on it just before the break here, which is to raise your level of commitment. When you want to live with intentionality, you need to raise your level of commitment. So a big deal about this is to instead of seeing why it won't work and seeing that it won't work, instead of focusing on the problems, you ask how can you make it work? And you start focusing on the solutions and focusing on what you can do rather than on what you can't do. And you don't let the circumstances stop you. But it's so easy to get stuck on why we can't do something, right? And um, you know, if you like, I can talk about that when we come back from break because I've got some pretty good excuses myself for not doing stuff. And um, what we have to do is really not fall back on those excuses and go ahead and do those things anyways. Right. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Cool. Awesome. Well, we're going to go into a break here just real soon. And as we do that, I want you to stay tuned because John's going to be talking about raising your level of commitment. And we've got some really great stuff for you. So stay tuned. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena. Friday's at 2. Lock it into Money 105.5 for the Rush Hour for Success. It's a show dedicated to your success with information about what's going on in the community, reviews of places to visit around Sacramento, and of course, topics that involve experts in money strategies, business, real estate, 
and things that matter most in life. Join the watch star himself, Jim T. Chong, plus the theater queen, Cammie Ferry. Get entertained, get educated, and get with a rush for success. Fridays at 2 on Money 105.5. Hybrid Brokers Realty has everything you want in a brokerage without the high costs. They even handle all of your marketing so you can focus on what you do best. The Hybrid Brokers Realty model is designed to help support the growth of their agents and their community as well. Hybrid offers revenue sharing and partnership opportunities to their agents while donating a percentage of all income to local charities. It's time to join with a true local brand. Hybrid Brokers Realty, 916-696-6006. Take advantage of the opportunities waiting for you at We Are HBR. If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some urgent news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from PBS host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we're about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-422-3838 now to get your personalized copy rushed to you today. Do you want to avoid mistakes baby boomers and seniors can make when they buy annuities? Those mistakes now could be costly later to you and your family. Call 800-422-3838. That's 800-422-3838. Employees of J.D. Melberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. You can make a difference. Join John and Rena, the hosts of the Impact Hour, Money 1055's newest show for a live event in Roseville. It's your chance to decide what your life will be all about. Go to simplygreatlives.com and register for your spot at a seminar coming to Roseville tonight. Enter code MONEY1055 and get $25 off. As seen on Good Day Sacramento, John and Rena are making an impact. It's your turn. Go to simplygreatlives.com. Start your journey today. Live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back to the Impact Hour. This is John and Rena. We're so excited to have you join us. And we're talking today about living with intentionality, like seriously being on purpose with your life. And we would love for you to, if you're so inclined, join the conversation. You can call into the studio at 866 576 1055. That's 866-576-1055. And John, you're talking about how to raise your level of intentionality? Raising your commitment level. Commitment level. Awesome. So So one way to look at it is that um, let's suppose you take this driving example. A lot of people will leave for work and they'll leave enough time to get there. But it's pretty common for a lot of us. I've done this too, where you leave just enough time to get there on time. Like, the, like you mean like with the 60-second window is on time, right? Because it's right. arriving within a certain minute. You're arriving, yeah, within <laughs> 60 seconds. Yeah, And that. if anything happens, you know, if there's an accident on the road or there's road construction and extra traffic and things like that, then you're late. And I've done this. And that's, in, at its core, really is not being fully committed to arriving to work on time. And I'm sure all the bosses out there going, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So what would it look like if you were committed to getting to work on time? Well, some of the things that I can think of, and you guys, you folks out there might think of some other things as well, would be to leave well within enough time to get there and possibly even arrive early. So that if there was an accident, if there was traffic, if you had to take a different route, uh, you'd be able to get there on time. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that, especially for, you know, folks who drive. How easy would it be to just typically arrive 10 minutes early and, you know, just sit in the car and you can check your, your personal email, you can uh, read a book, you can do all kinds of things, um, make decent use of that time and still not risk being late because you're committed. That's the idea. And just, just to reiterate, this isn't a show about being committed to getting somewhere on time. This is about just how do you be intentional and what does that look like? This is a great analogy. Yes. Yeah. So you had a story you wanted to share. Yeah. Um, I said, um, darn it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working on my ums, but you don't need to point them out to me. It'll be okay. (laughs) I wanted to tell you about my experience. I'm, I'm legally blind and I've always had a vision impairment, uh, since I was born and it's gotten 
worse as I've aged. And um, now a couple few years ago, I crossed the line over into just being legally blind. That means at best corrected, I can see it 20 feet what you could see at 200. And with Simply Great Lives, you know, we've got this great commitment to really calling people up to make a difference in people's lives. When I dealt with that vision loss, what I experienced was not that my commitment changed, but that I, I needed to take my foot off the gas a little bit. And what that looked like is not stopping because a lot of people would have stopped. What I did is I got signed up with vocational rehabilitation, which takes a good amount of months. And then I got to start Braille classes. And that required traveling into Sacramento, uh, at least the way I did it. I traveled into Sacramento first three days and then dropped it down to two days a week. It was, it was time consuming. And it took a lot of work. It was really hard. I st I'm still impressed with people who can breeze through Braille because it's hard. And I went from there. I like hurried up and finished the Braille so I could go to guide dog school. And I don't have a guide dog now. I still use a white cane because, bless her heart, she had really bad allergies. She is the guide dog. She being my guide dog, yes. And the point of that being, here, here's Here's the point I'm really excited to make about that story. Number one, two things. I didn't stop with the Simply Great Lives helping people to make a difference. What it did is it pro progressed at a slightly slower pace than I would have liked while I focused on those other things. But the story about the guide dog was amazing because I was really like beating my head against the wall trying to make that work, right? Because I thought my commitment was to um, making that relationship and that, that situation with that specific dog work. And with her allergies, and I was cleaning, and, and I was really doing everything I could to make that work. And what I found was I finally took a step back and evaluated what was my commitment to. And I realized that I got the dog for help. And as it worked out, it took a whole lot more effort than the help that I was getting. So it didn't achieve the result that I set out for. So what I had to do was get really clear on my intention, on my commitment. What was I trying to achieve? What was the result that I wanted? Once I got clear on the result, it got a lot more clear for me what I needed to do, which was to let her go and, bless her heart, be in somewhere where she wouldn't have her allergies. But I like I said, it was just really, it was freeing for me to get clear on what I was wanting to achieve, which was to get help and to acknowledge when it wasn't working, to let it go. I don't know if that like, was totally the example you were looking for, but there you go. Yeah, that's a great example. <laughs> we were talking the other day, too, about what kind of circumstance might prevent someone from making the impact they may want to be making. And we thought, well, what if somebody has cancer and they've been told they have six months left to live? Ooh. Remember that, that yeah. we talked about? That was, yeah, that's a tough circumstance. <clears throat> yeah. So we thought if the person has cancer, then physically they probably are not feeling very good. Yeah, especially with their treatment and yeah. the illness, everything. Right. Yeah. Sure. And, and so we thought, well, they should take care of themselves. But then I asked, well, what if they've only got six months to live? What are they supposed to do with that? Yeah. You know? And we thought that maybe with six months to live, that's not the time to give up. Mm-hmm. Man, that's really kind of deep. That's great. I love that you bring that up because we know from your experience that the end of life is when you really start evaluating stuff. And that's a chance to, to be clear and to recommit. And just coming from a realistic standpoint, they might not be able to do as much as they'd like. They might not have the energy. Uh, they, you know, there's just a, a, a massive need for self-care. And if they're really committed, I love that we had a really great conversation around this. It's like, okay, so I might not be able to do X, Y, and Z, but this is what I want to accomplish. So they've gotten clear on the difference they want to make. How can I make that happen? And then we got into this really exciting, it totally shifted our conversation from, you know, why can't this work? Can we make it work? You know, to cool, how, can, how could they make this happen? And we started brainstorming things like, well, maybe they can't do it. Maybe they could have someone else do it for them. And maybe they could have someone else doing that. And, and it was a totally different dynamic in our conversation when we shifted from can this happen to how can we make this happen yeah that's powerful yeah how can I is a much better question than can I huh Ooh, 
Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. That's a great shift just right there. So we also wanted to talk a little bit about raising your level of commitment. And one way to do that is to get other people involved. I love having other people involved in my goals. And the truth is, if it's just me trying to do a goal, I'm a whole lot less likely to, to achieve it. It's a whole lot easier to drop it. And I'm aware of this. So um, interestingly, I've just in the last couple of weeks made announcements like, like a, at Bible study. I was saying that I wanted to have a, converse, a difficult, a challenging conversation with somebody. I went ahead and stated it to the group. Awesome. Next time we meet, I know, I know somebody <laughs> who's going to be asking me, how did that go? Um, and so I chose to do that because I know that that's, that would be easy to let it ride. Something that's uncomfortable which is what we're calling people up to do is stuff that's going to be uncomfortable. It's easy to let it ride. So that's why I love getting other people involved. Similarly, I've also called on coaches. So these are some options for you. If you want to increase your level of commitment, you can share it with other people. You can share it with people in your life. Just a heads up, not everybody's really super keen on setting goals and improving yourself and making a difference. So you may need to be having some discretion on who you share that with and make some adjustments and be like, oh, this person's not into that. That's not, find the right people. Other people who are doing awesome things, you take a look at that and go, that's cool. You know, that's the kind of person doing stuff they can get where I'm coming from. So we love using coaches. We have multiple coaches because we're doing big stuff, right? So many times I go to do something and it's uncomfortable, whether I'm speaking or, I don't know, starting a radio show. or <laughs> <laughs> All these things are, are uncomfortable when we're putting ourselves out there. We're taking risks, doing something we've never done before. There's always the risk of failure, which is not the right way to frame it, by the way. There's many opportunities for learning. <laughs> right. Call it that instead of failure. So I love having coaches and mentors who've walked this path before me. They can show me the way because they've already gone there. And they, they can show me the pitfalls to avoid. They can, they can show me what's the shorter road to take so I don't have to figure it all out by myself. There's other groups that you can belong to. You can find meetup groups, Bible study groups, whatever small group makes sense for you. Your peers, you can find somebody who's kind of like a running buddy. And when I say that, I don't mean literally running, although I suppose that's a possibility. But somebody, an accountability partner, you know, that you can say, hey, this is what I'm working on. And they can say, hey, this is what I'm working on. And then you check in with each other. How'd that go? And then maybe even a little problem solving. But having support, I've found to be crucial in really moving forward in my progress. How about you, John, for being in groups and coaches and mentors? Oh, yeah. It's, I don't think we'd be here today unless we had our coaches and mentors and other folks with us. Uh, it'd just be too easy to give up and to just justify, oh, you know, it's not that important anyways, or, you know, who are we to do this kind of thing? And so definitely... Definitely having people in our life has been a huge help for us. Now, we published a book two years ago, and it was funny because it was just a few months ago, John, you knew and I were talking, and you made such a poignant comment. You're like, I don't think if we had our coaches, I don't think we would have published the book yet. I think we'd still be writing it. And I'm like, oh, it just really hit me because like, that'd be so painful <laughs> <laughs> to still be stuck writing the book. Yes. You know, it's really something to get done, publish, and, and move forward on. And it would have been easier, more comfortable, more safe uh, to not have released that book because it, it really opened us up, right, for, for criticism, for feedback, for, for whatever. It's risky. Yeah, we shared some personal stories in there. Yes, so we did. That was, that was new for up. us. Now we just, you know, go wherever we go. <laughs> We're sharing our stories. But, yeah, so just wanted to encourage you to find some support so you're not doing it by yourself. Find somebody who can support you in the goals that you want to set and support you in being intentional. We are about to go to a break, so we want you to stay tuned and want you to check out us on Facebook, The Impact Hour on Facebook. This is John and Rena with The Impact Hour.
you can make a difference. Join John and Rena, the hosts of the Impact Hour, Money 1055's newest show for a live event in Roseville. It's your chance to decide what your life will be all about. Go to simplygreatlives.com and register for your spot at a seminar coming to Roseville tonight. Enter code MONEY1055 and get $25 off. As seen on Good Day Sacramento, John and Rena are making an impact. It's your turn. Go to simplygreatlives.com. Start your journey today. If you own a business or professional practice, your divorce trial demands precision and tact. The attorneys at Forrester Purcell Stoll know your case. You want straight talk, no attitude, real-world counseling. Neil Forrester, Matt Purcell, and Michelle Stoll are certified family law specialists. They bring vital expertise for navigating complex business valuation issues. Let Forrester Purcell Stoll protect what you've built, safeguard your legacy, and help you move on. Learn more at Forrester Purcell. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Awesome. Welcome back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena. Today we're talking about living with intention, getting stuff done, the important stuff done. You still have time if you want to call us at 866-576-1055. That's 866-576-1055. And John, why don't you tell us some, we were talking about raising our intention by by involving other people. Why don't you talk some about accountability? Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about accountability because we've we've really got uh, accountability all mixed up. We've, most of us have experienced accountability as a kind of a form of punishment. Ouch. Yeah, ouch. (laughs) So uh, accountability was like a you bad person, you you didn't do this. And and that's most people's reference experience of it. And like, hey, do you want an accountability partner? And they're like, heck no, I don't want that. Well, that's you know? that's what it's like a lot of times at work. I know that was your experience in the work world, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, you didn't meet your goal. You're a bad person. You're lucky you still have a job. And yeah. All this crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so when you get other people involved, you want to get the right kind of people involved <laughs> and know that accountability is support. It's really a help. It's the person who doesn't really come in and say, you bad person, you, who doesn't punish you for it, but ask the good questions like, hey, what what came up? Why didn't you accomplish that? What can we do to help support you? Was the goal too big for you this time? Should we should we work on shrinking it? Um, you know, was, was there something else that came up that we can talk about and work through? Right. And, and they can be there and help you recommit to a goal or recommit to a new goal and, and then get going on it again. And they should be there as an encouragement and support, not as this punisher in your life. And if they're not, shop around for a new one. That's right. Find something that works. That's part of your intentionality and commitment to, to making it work. Boom. That's right. Just like that. So we want to talk a little bit about the tyranny of the urgent. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. That's perfect. <laughs> so a lot of you probably have seen this before. Um, imagine a, a grid, like a matrix. like a, It's got four squares in it. And, and this is from Stephen Covey, right? This is from Stephen Covey. Love and that. And in, in the columns, uh, and I don't know if the columns or the rows matter, but I've got on my chart, uh, first column is urgent. This needs to be done right now. And the second column going down is not urgent. And then in the rows, the top row is important. And then the bottom row is not important. And so if we look at where we spend most of our time, if we categorize it by this urgent versus not urgent versus important versus not important, I think most people would find they're spending most of their time on urgent things. It needs to be done. There's a deadline coming up. It's the saying we like to say a lot of times, if it weren't for the last minute, nothing would get done. Ooh, that's, I resemble that remark. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's urgent stuff, right? It's, yeah. it's got to be done, and it's like it's, there's a deadline. The goal here really is that this urgent stuff really can suck our life away. The urgent demands our immediate attention. Uh, it oftentimes saps our creativity because it, there's such urgency around it. We don't have a time to really sit and think and kind of be creative and be in a good space for problem solving. And so we spend a good amount of our day just running around doing these urgent tasks. Some people say putting out fires as an example. Um, but, and But those things aren't even often the things that are important, right? Yes, Yeah. yes. And so sometimes stuff. if you look at what's urgent, it might not even be all that important. And so sometimes the deadline is artificial. 
Sometimes it's just things that we think are important, but if we sat down and, and thought about it, we realized it's really not all that important. And so we're just working on this urgent stuff, and some of it's not even important. I'll be honest, you know, because we were talking about this, and sometimes I have a hard time discerning what's important and what's just urgent because the pressure to do the urgent is so, so strong. I actually asked John the question, I'm like, so is it really okay to just, you mean, like, let stuff ride and not do it? He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. I don't know. It makes me pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> right? It's, yeah. It's uncomfortable letting stuff ride because it's urgent. But it's having to discern if it's really important or not. Yeah, if it's important. And some stuff on our urgent list doesn't even have to be done at all. Yeah. We can just say, well, we're going to let that one go. So we spend a lot of time on email, Facebook notifications, text messages. Our kids demand attention. We want to give our kids attention, but we want to give our kids good attention. Sometimes the urgent attention they're demanding is not necessarily the loving kind of interactions we really want to have with our kids. Uh, their kids' school activities, kids' sports, the spouse. You know, the spouse rushes in, hey, we need to do this thing right now because I thought of it. Don't. <laughs> I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, work might might have overtime. Uh, oh, I yeah. got to share. I worked at a workplace, and we had these projects that we worked on. And every single project, uh, we ended up having to work, uh, you know, ten to twelve hour days on the project. That was the norm. That was the norm. And I was a project leader once, and I found out why. So you set your plan for your project, and the first thing the boss asks is, "Well, how can we shrink the time on this?" And you think, "Well." <coughs> I don't know. I don't even know if we know exactly all the work that has to be done on this, but I suppose we can rearrange or re this or rearrange that. And it was built into the way things were, were done is it was always this high pressure, high urgent sense working overtime all the time at work. They were always shrinking the deadline, right? always shrinking the schedule. Yeah, always. That's terrible. Yes. So that's that's an example of, of how things that we're involved in could be on our urgent list but maybe perhaps it's not as important. In addition to that, we can get things off of the urgent list oftentimes by taking care of it earlier and doing it before it becomes urgent. A lot of times when you do that, there's actually less work involved. <laughs> you know, in the, yeah. in the Stephen Covey book, they gave the example of the lawnmower. You know, you don't take care of the lawnmower and you don't care, take care of the lawnmower and suddenly the lawnmower is broken and now you have this urgent crisis. You've got to fix the lawnmower and now it's going to cost more and it's going to take a lot more time than if you just maintain the lawnmower is yeah. the example they had there. Yeah. So we're wanting to people to really assess for themselves what's really important, whether or not it's urgent. Ideally, don't wait until it's urgent because urgent. I have a story around waiting till something's urgent. And you don't want to wait until something's urgent because sometimes it never becomes urgent and then the opportunity, then it's just gone. Right. So can I share that story? Yes. Awesome. My mom passed away when I was 14 years old. She was only 42, and she died of a heart attack. She had been diagnosed with some uh, cardiovascular disease leading up to that, and she died in the spring. Well, the Thanksgiving before that, so I'm like 13 and my brother's 15, right? And you know she must have been going through some stuff internally because she popped out all of a sudden with, hey, I would love to go, I would love for us as our little family, mom and, and two kids, uh, I'd love for us to go and serve Thanksgiving meals to the homeless on Thanksgiving. And we hadn't been brought up with anything even remotely close to that. And like our response was like, are you kidding us? <laughs> That's our feast. That's our Thanksgiving. We don't want to do that. And unfortunately, she just dropped it. So, you know, she could have taken more leadership as to what was really important to her. She didn't have voices in her world telling her, hey, this is important. Your impact's important. Get clear. How do you want to make people's lives different? She just knew that maybe her time here was limited, and she wanted to do something. And it's, it's really kind of sad as I look back that she didn't end up doing that. She let that go, and she didn't know that she was going to die, you know, just four months later. But that good work was left inside of her. And just to be clear, this isn't so much about just go out and do something good, but it is really about knowing what's important and getting that done, making that both urgent and important, and taking action on that and not letting those important things ride. 
Yeah, the right here and right now can really steal our life away. It does. If we don't take a step back and look, and it can really explore what's really important in our life and going for that. Yeah. So we wanted to let you all know about an opportunity that we have for you. We offer a introductory seminar. It's called Life Impact Academy. The introductory one is 101 Shift. And it's really designed to get you to assess where you're at right now, what kind of impact are you really having? If you're willing to take an honest look at it, we will guide you through that. We'll also have you assess what's really important to you. Where do you want that impact to be? And we will go over with you what it takes to get there. This is our passion and what we do, we hold a really exceptional space for you to really explore those things for yourself. And the ads you may have been hearing mentioned that that's in Roseville. That one actually is online tonight. We also do it live. But that one's online tonight, and it's still available. It starts at 6. So if you're available, of course, we just talked about making a commitment. So if you decide it's important, I'm sure you can find a way to make it work. And just wanted to let you know that that's available to you. And we would love to have you join us. You can register online at theimpacthour.com. You can also go there to listen to prior episodes of the show. We post our show recordings there. And we would just love to engage with you. So we created both a Facebook page. And that's okay because we can post information for you. We also created a Facebook group. And that's a community where you can post your questions and your comments, your struggles, your stories. We would love to hear from you because it's a little weird sitting in a studio and having one-way communication. (laughs) (laughs) And our heart is really for you guys to really engage and make this a priority in your life. It's what we absolutely love. We'd love to celebrate your victories with you as well. Yeah. And if you post a question on there, we might use it on the show. We would love to do that. So thank you so much for joining us for the Impact Hour. This is John and Rena. Have an awesome week. This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers.